Hey, thanks for pressing play on the Biz Talk 518 podcast, introducing you to interesting business people in the Capital District of New York. I'm your host, Leo Quinn. My goal for this podcast is for listeners to learn more about the people they do business with. At this point, we're open to any and all guest suggestions. We love talking to people doing good in their community, people doing unusual things both in their business and personal lives. For example, in this area, we have a guy who hides $20 bills around and posts clues to find them on his Facebook page. A guy who set a goal to have his sales pitch rejected 1,000 times last summer. A real estate agent who dresses in unusual costumes for her listing pictures. And a person who sends wacky stuff in the mail to people he wants to talk to. Stuff like baby bottles, library books, and live working cell phones. So if you or someone you know is doing interesting and creative things in the area, get in touch with us. You can reach us through our Facebook page. Search for BizTalk518 and should pop right up. At the moment, our website, biztalk518.com, redirects to our Facebook page, but you can always email me at leo, L-E-O, at biztalk518.com. And I do have a listening tip for you. My podcast platform of choice for listening to podcasts is an app called Stitcher. I think the user interface is much easier to navigate than iTunes or any of the others I've tried. And also, I listen to all my podcasts at double speed. I can listen to an audio of 60 minutes and only 30, so I'm consuming double the content I would at regular speed. Now, most platforms make that easy, and if you've never done it, I highly recommend you give it a try. It doesn't make the people sound anything like Mickey Mouse or like they've inhaled helium, so you don't have to worry about that. If you can't follow along at double speed, work up to it. 1.25, 1.5, 1.75 are all better than regular speed. And once you get comfortable listening at double speed, the regular speed makes people sound drunk. Also, Audible and YouTube have speed control features. And if you use the Chrome browser, there's a plugin I use called Video Speed Controller, which allows you to change the speed of most videos you're watching, including Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Video, and the like. And finally, thank you to our sponsor, the Referral Department. If you're in sales or run a business and you aren't getting a steady and dependable flow of referrals, then you should talk to the Referral Department. If you've been disappointed in the results you've gotten from your paid advertising, if you feel like you're flushing your money down the toilet with every ad, then you really should talk to the Referral Department. They will set you up and run your own referral system, one that doesn't rely on hoping and praying for referrals. That system, as you probably know, is broken. So visit theReferralDepartment.com for more information. Now, on with the show. I've said from the beginning, my goal for this podcast is for listeners to learn more about the people they do business with. Case in point, I've known my guest today, the Reverend Ron Hunt, for going on four years, and I never knew he had a daughter. Now, maybe that's just me not paying attention, but I learned something new on this podcast. Reverend Ron has been an officiant for over a decade. He'll do weddings, funerals, baby blessings, house blessings, and more. His license plate says, elope now. I assume because please elope now is too long. One of his websites is idu-idus.com. But today, we talked about a new project he's working on. So without further ado, the Reverend Ron Hunt. Coaching, meditation, NLP, life coaching, and ceremony to help increase graduation rates at schools. And the, the subheadline would be how to gain a positively unfair advantage in school and in life. All right. Well, tell us about it. How does that happen? Well, uh, let's start with uh, high school graduation rates. New York State uh, is 80%, but where I am in Schenectady right now, it's under 60%. Okay. And I, 
I think we can all agree that uh, that is not a good use of our public tax dollars and uh, is not going to be very helpful to those poor students going forward uh, throughout life without, you know, uh, a degree. Sure. So here's, here's my thinking. We can change behaviors in simple ways. We can change people's attitudes in simple ways. But they're not being taught in the schools. Uh, obviously, in Schenectady, we've got a very disenfranchised population with lots, lots of turmoil. So what we need to do is give them the ability to visualize some positive outcomes and then work towards them and then reward them. Mm-hmm. And th- the way I look at it is if we do these seminars on Mondays, they might get to school for the rest of the week. Uh-huh. So, so uh, simple. It's all set up in a very straightforward, easy to understand method. And I've got feelers out to professional educators, so I can get more letters after our names to present the program at conferences around the country next year. Great, great. Well. Let's. We'll get more into your business in a few minutes. Let's. Let's go back a bit. I always like to start out with where were you born? Doesn't sound like you were born in Tennessee. I was born in Manhattan, New York, um, at Children's Hospital, which is no longer there, and uh, lived there the first nine years of my life. And what did your parents do? My father worked as a bean counter for IBM, and my mother was a medical masseuse. And do you have siblings? I have one brother who's uh, disabled, and uh, that's kind of a part of my life story and my family's life story, but uh, not of much interest to your listeners. And were you the older brother? I was the younger brother. Younger brother, okay. I was the mistake. <laughs> <laughs> the blessing, what are you they, talking they, about? They, 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 were, they were never going to, um, uh, how should we say, date again after, after that first child. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, where did you uh, go to grade school? What was your f- the first school you were ever in? I remember PS 131 in Spanish Harlem. I used to walk there when I was six and seven years old. Is it still there, the school? It is not. It's now um, kind of high-rise, middle-income housing. Do you, have a, do you re- recollect a favorite subject when you were in school? Or- oh, from, from those days... I love math. I always loved math. I, I think I got that from my dad. Okay. Does a favorite teacher come to mind? From from elementary school, yeah. no. I had a favorite teacher in high school, an English teacher who believed in me. What, how did that manifest itself? Um, he kind of took me aside and said, hey, you know, I see something that's good. And, you know, you need to emphasize that more and Stay away from being an idiot. <laughs> he, yeah, he graduated to be a guidance counselor a month later, and I'm sure he would have not put it quite that way at that point. Right, exactly. Well, how about your first job in high school? My first job in high school? Well, I, my first job when I, was when I was eight. I had a paper and I had two by the time I was ten. Wow. My first job in high school was probably Waldam Supermarket. I was working 40 hours a week senior year. Really? 40 hours a week? I was. Doing what? Uh, and whatever they wanted. I was a cashier back in the days where you actually had to ring, ring each item up individually. Right, right. 
would stock shelves. I would. I don't think that I ever got the grocery carts, but uh, <laughs> I, if they would have asked me, I probably would have done that too. Sure, sure. Wow. And how long did you do that job? I did that job for about a year. That was my senior year, pretty much. Okay. And was it off to college after that? It was off to college after that. I went to University of Albany for a year, mm-hmm. where I had swine flu, and my um, calculus professor did not excuse any half of his class who had swine flu that semester, and uh, I moved on to SUNY Oneonta from there. And did you finish up there? I did not. I spent more time working on the, on the hotline called Project 85 there than I actually did um, finishing my studies there. Okay. I, I got offered a job after my junior year of high school. Um, I got offered three jobs that summer, and I took mm-hmm. the one that made the most money. Okay. And that was with the Postal Service, um, and uh, I spent 34 years there and retired from, from that about four years ago. And so you did some of that down toward the city and then some up here in the Capital District? Yeah. My first 19 years were in Yonkers, New York. I, I was considered the, uh, the mayor of Bronxville uh-huh. because I delivered. Um, because of my cust- I love my customers, my customers love me. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just a really interesting thing. And when I transferred, they put me in a section of Skeptic called Hamilton Hill. Okay. So you can say I went from you can say I went from poodles to pit bulls. Okay. Any fun adventures that you remember? Uh, you care to share? They're family friendly on our podcast. Um, sure. That's uh, actually um, when I was working in um, in the ghetto, I would encourage uh, the residents to send their children to school uh, mm-hmm. to get a job. <laughs> there were four things. I'm trying to remember the other one. Don't drink before five. That was one of them. And um, just, you know, look, try, try, try to look for opportunities. And they started calling me Reverend Ron. It's funny. Ironic. Yeah. Every... Ironic, I, go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I said, ironically, um, I was ordained several years later, and uh, I was still known as Reverend Ron. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I want to, let's go back. Every once in a while you hear a story about a postal worker who saved a life because they noticed somebody hadn't picked up their mail in a while. Do you have any stories like I that? I did that. I did that. I was delivering mail in Bronxville one Saturday uh, and uh, to a condominium complex, and the smoke alarm went off, and it was really loud. Mm-hmm. And uh, I closed the mailboxes, and I found the apartment where the alarm was coming from. I tested the door. The doorknob, doorknob was not hot. So mm-hmm. I entered the apartment, found the tenant in a wheelchair, and the uh, kitchen on fire. Wow. And I... I put out the fire, and uh, about I opened all the windows, and I talked to the alarm company, and 15 minutes later, the fireman came and uh, got on the evening news, not me. <laughs> okay, wow. Now, uh, of course, the most famous mailman people think of is Cliff Clavin of Cheers. Did you ever watch that show? I think everyone watched that show. It was it was a classic. It was a classic show. I love ensemble comedy, and that was a great example of it. Um, did you think he represented the postal service well? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he didn't. Uh, there was uh, someone uh, named Ray Merriweather who was um, the mailman on Mister Rogers, I think, who oh. uh, represented the postal service much better. Yes, and they've got a new movie coming out, so hopefully, he's well represented in that as well. <laughs> 
in the Bronx, and um, every September there'd be new kids at the daycare, and they would always introduce um, the children to the community helpers. They used to call us community helpers. Okay. So they would have the, the policeman, the fireman, and the letter carrier and to tell, tell the kids what they did. All right. Very so good. That, that was a nice way to look at it. Absolutely. Now, how did you get from the Postal Service to Reverend Ron? I was dating a minister. Mm-hmm. And um, I would go out on all her, uh, I guess you could call them sales calls, uh, to interview couples uh, to get the wedding ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And I was the person uh, in the room that the couple's connected to. And I asked them all the questions that uh, made them actually think about why they loved each other. And uh, my girlfriend and uh, the couples would always ask me, do you do weddings? And I would always say no. <laughs> <laughs> And um, eventually, just like everything else in life, my girlfriend decided uh, that uh, her idea was the better idea, and circumstances being what they were, I became a minister. About how long ago was that? That's uh, six, no, I'm sorry, that's a long time now, that's 13 years ago. Okay. And what kind of ceremonies do you do? Other, I know you do weddings, you do other things as well? I do baby blessings, I do memorials, I do um, transitions, uh, I, do, I do house blessings. Oh. If, you have, if you buy a new house or if you move out of a house, you can, you can have a ceremony and kind of ease your transition a little bit. Okay. And full disclosure, I've known you for about three years now, and I thought of you the other day because I saw a license plate that said, Propose. <laughs> I like it. I like it. My license plates say elope now. <laughs> and you own some interesting domain names as well. At least one that I, I know of. Uh, yes, uh, my, my, my wedding domain is i do idos.com. <laughs> very clever, very clever. I do I do's. Um, well, Always be marketing. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Now, how did you get from this, Reverend Ron, and all that to combining meditation, NLP, life coaching, and ceremony to help increase graduation rates? Uh, I think that you're always going to be learning in life or you're, or you're going to be regressing. And I chose that I would rather be learning. So after I retired from the Postal Service, I became a Reiki teaching master, and I acquired my meditation through that. And over the past year and a half or so, I became a life coach, so that helped me kind of help people through their, through their, their, their challenges. Mm-hmm. And um, then I became an um, NLP practitioner. So uh, for those who don't know NLP, it's Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically that's a long version for we can change your behaviors, your, 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 your challenges into positive behaviors, through visualization, meditation, gratitude. It's it's very cool, and I, I did it today. As a matter of fact, I opened the phone for somebody. Did I've you? Done them over Zoom. I've done them over Zooms. I prefer the office, sure. uh, which is at 34 J Street in Schenectady. Mm-hmm. But but uh, it's working virtually. So I was, I was thinking, I said, I'm not helping as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. So I thought back to... When my daughter was in danger of being uh, expelled, dropping out of high school, and I started thinking about all the 
difficulties we have in the region with graduation rates in our cities. And I said, what if we took a look at some of the models that are out there, like Chicago with meditation, and combined them with the power of ceremony, the presence of stages, gratitude, visualization, and neuro-linguistic programming. Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, build in the common sense things like have the programs on a Monday. Schools are never good at that. They'll have assemblies on a Friday. Right. And because, and because they feel the children have lost their concentration. But in order to get to Friday, they needed to get to school Monday to Thursday. So it, we, can, we can change little things around the edges. Uh, my goal is to test this in some school districts while I'm rolling it out to stages nationwide, uh, have um, ongoing research as part of it, and uh, see how many kids we can help. I always like to end with a few fun, different questions. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Uh, one would be my good friend and champion, Nancy Ostapo. Okay. She is, uh, she, I think she's about 70 years old right now. And whenever she hears that I'm doing something, she's always the first person to send me a card, a letter, a text that says, you are awesome, go get them. And we need more people like that in this life. My second person would be my wife. She's amazing. God bless her. She's um, head of social work for CDPC uh, in eight counties at this point. Wow. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm always trying to convince her to uh, use NLP to work on her sleep habits. Uh -huh. uh, we're, we're, working, we're working on that. <laughs> and, and the third person would be uh, Michelle Obama. I, uh, which is going to be polarizing, I, I know, especially in this region. But uh, just her experiences and her challenges um, have really been inspirational to a whole generation of uh, our youth. And I, I just love people who inspire our youth. How about uh, your favorite go-to restaurant in the area? Oh, there are a thousand. Akonomi for Japanese, they just expanded in Gyodolin. Shout out to Akonomi. Uh, Yono's in Albany okay. are fantastic. And um, whew. Uh, my, my barbecue for ribs and steak. I, I'm right. a big fan of cook. I, I do all the cooking at, the, at home pretty much. Sure, sure. How about uh, are you a podcast listener? I am a podcast listener. I love podcasts. I listened to one today. I wish I could remember the name of it. But uh, the guy writes notes to everybody handwritten notes hmm. and he what he went from whatever it was uh five thousand dollars in sales to two hundred thousand dollars in sales in three years how about that there's a there's a <laughs> yeah there's a story i just saw uh somewhere a guy who he, he's a ceo of a large company and he writes a birthday card to every employee here it is i got it a ceo who writes 9200 employee birthday cards a year explains the value of gratitude yes exactly Gratitude, if you, if you wake up in the morning, there should be some gratitude in your life. I have the fortune, misfortune of knowing that I could have died from a tragic accident and I can possibly pass away from uh, defective uh, replacement hips because wow. of the way the, law, the laws are set up in this country. So I, I feel that I need to make sure that I, I influence as much as 
catalog here. Great, great. Are there any podcasts that you remember the names of that you would recommend? Um, I was a big fan of Gary Vee for a while, mm-hmm. but he, he, he actually puts a six-month limit in listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard this, but uh, his, his, his whole philosophy is if you haven't taken action after listening to him, you're, 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 just, you're using him as a crutch. Interesting. How does so, he yeah. can't really enforce that though? Can he? He he, he cannot. But yeah. uh, it's I, it's definitely nice. And I some I sometimes had to use that with prospective wedding couples where they really don't understand how I do weddings. I I I like to personalize weddings, and I like to get the entire audience involved. I my philosophy is no boring weddings. Okay. And 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 if they're just thinking about the reception, maybe I'm not the minister for them. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, how about this is a new question I've come up with. Any brushes with greatness in your life? Meaning, and this was a a bit that David Letterman used to do. He would ask people if they've ever run into famous people and what the experience was like. Oh, I'll give you one right now. Um, I've been trying to work with a gentleman named Robert Bishop. He is a retired engineer from GE, okay. and he he's come up with an invention. Um, how should we say that will really change the entire energy dynamics of the world? And um, he's he's a genius, and uh, the because of the way and the time that he worked at GE, he was a loan to the wrong department when Jack Welch came in and uh, just fired entire department. So even though his department survived because they're wildly profitable, he was on loan to a bad department. Oh. So they laid him, so they fired him. Hmm. And the guys, the guys are genius. He had twenty eight patents for GE. He made them billions of dollars. Um, and uh, I hope they, he's got to be almost eighty right now. And I'm just hoping um, he's got patents pending and. I'm hoping to help him cross the finish line for that. Super. Well, keep us posted on that. And uh, it's, cool, it's, cool, it's a cool life, man. <laughs> you, meet, you, meet, you meet interesting people when, when you go out and do good things. You do. And finally, give us a recommendation for anything. It could be a book, a TV show, a movie. Um, I'd like to recommend uh, great, great Writing by Weiner Eisenberg. Wow. It's... Uh, it's an amazing book. It'll change your life. Uh, other than that, I would suggest um, Copywriting Secrets by Jim Edwards. That's my current fave. All right. Very good. Well, how do people find you? Uh, email, phone number, whatever you want to give. Um, Google me. If you, if, you put, if you put Sullivan Ronald Hunt, if you put Ronald Hunt, if you put Blessings Wedding Chapel into Google, I show up one through five. Awesome. I've got I've got Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Write Your Own Vow boards. Uh, the list goes on. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Twitter, but no, but no, no one hires me off Twitter. It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting form of social media. Indeed, it is. Indeed, it is. Well, I appreciate your time today. Um, it was awesome talking to you, Leo. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Well, get back to doing good things in Schenectady. I know it needs you. Have a great day. Thank you. The Reverend Ron has a lot going on. Hey, that's a rhyme. I wonder if he'll get that domain name. 
Anyway, if you need an officiant or you want to help Reverend Ron in his quest to help a million students, you can find him, as he said, just by Googling the Reverend Ron Hunt. You can visit his website, ido-idos.com. Thanks again to our sponsor, thereferraldepartment.com. For less than the cost of one ad in most local advertising outlets, you can add a whole department to your business devoted to increasing the number of referrals you get. To get more information, visit thereferraldepartment.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.